welcome to Dad Bod, the Dad Bod Pod. And uh, Tom, if you just want to spend kind of like uh, two to three minutes introducing yourself and then introducing your family and your unique family circumstance and the dynamics kind of generally, and then we'll probably pepper you with some, some questions. All right. Well, my name is Tom Merrill. I'm uh, mostly originally from uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. And uh, I did spend uh, a big part of my childhood in San Antonio, Texas, where coincidentally you used to live, Chris. And, um, but anyway, I, I've lived here long enough that I consider myself a local. Um, I'm part of a pretty traditional family. I got four brothers, uh, three brothers, one sister. Um, my personal family situation, I got married at 25, um, had a little girl at 27, and a little boy three years later, um, and uh, then got divorced about two years ago. And so I'm now the um, co-parent of a six-year-old girl and a three-year-old boy. And um, yeah, it's been, it's, it hasn't been the trajectory that I imagine my life would take, but it's been good. It's been right. And um, it's been a difficult uh, path to learning how to become a, a single father and, uh, and a co-parent. And, uh, but it's just, you know, it's kind of what you do and that's what I'm in the middle of right now. So how's that as a summary? That's perfect. Um, the first thing I would say about Tom for anyone who listens to this podcast is you would have no idea from working with Tom that he was a single dad juggling with this, with this, uh, you know, unique dynamic of trying to be a full-time dad and work full-time. He he is, you know, known in the office as someone who's an incredibly hard worker who uh, really carries his weight extremely well. And I think that the first thing someone might think in your situation is, well, how does he do both? And you somehow are able to do both very well. And so I guess, can you speak to that dynamic of trying to balance what you're trying to do for your career ambitions and and working, and I know you you do some uh, entrepreneurial things on the side while also being incredibly available for your kids all the time. Really, what you just said speaks more to the uh, power of image because the reality is um, the last two years have been an incredible struggle with balance. Um, just to give you an example, um, and you said you said you referred to me as a full time dad. Um, the reality is I'm not a full time dad because I you know, have 50, 50, um, with my, uh, children's mom. And, uh, and so she, you know, she has them roughly 60% of the time. So it's, it's 50, 50 legal custody and, and something less than that in terms of the, the physical custody. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what I would do if I was, you know, a, a single father in the true sense of not having a co-parent. Right. So I'm pretty fortunate in that regard. And, um, my co-parent is a fantastic mother that was never the, you know, part of the reason for our marriage ending. Um, and so I'm pretty lucky in that regard, but to speak to the balance issue, it's, it's been incredibly hard. Um, I find that, you know, there, when I'm with my kids, because I don't have that other parent at home, it, it's one, I'm 100% on all the time, which I absolutely love. I wouldn't have it any other way, but it is hard because you can't take a break and, you know, it, and really, I I should never even complain because it's what single it's what mothers do all the time between you you know 
usually hours of nine and five, right, where they don't have the other parent at home, and it's just them. So I guess mine is is like that, just a, a little bit more um, when they're with me. But what what happens is I don't have really any time to work on the weekends. Um, I don't have much time to be, you know, social in in the myriad of ways that I think I'd like to be. And there is no dating or anything like that when they're with me. Um, I just, you know, just have decided not to do that. You know, I'm not into the group date thing or any of, you know, those things that I've heard about. And so basically what it means is that when I'm with my kids, I'm just with my kids. Um, but then that means that when I'm at work, like work has to be super efficient because I don't have time, you know, after work hours to be compensating for a less than productive day, you know, like a day where you're talking about chocolates for half an hour or something like that. <laughs> so, but, th- but then, um, you know, for example, the dating life has been incredibly difficult because, uh, if, if a date becomes a second date and a third date and a fourth date, all of a sudden I'm just completely out of whack because I'm used to like one, maybe two dates a week. I just don't have time for more than that. But if things are going well and this person wants to spend more than just one day a week with you, I kind of get thrown off because then it sort of, you know, bleeds into my, you know, maybe the a breakfast date bleeds into my early office hours or a, a dinner date doesn't allow me to get work that maybe would have happened on a Saturday. So it just kind of kind of makes it so the balance is just really, really fragile almost all the time. And frankly, I haven't figured it out yet. I don't know what to do there. And um, it hasn't been hugely um stressful, but it's been a source of constant, you know, stress at a lower level. So first of all, I appreciate you making the clarification. I, I, when I said full-time dad, I mean, when you're on, you're on full-time, but it's a good call out that 60, 40 with your ex-wife and, and, uh, but when you are on with them, you are on with them. And I think, you know, I think about the times when my wife is, you know, doing something on her own or with friends or, uh, playing soccer and I'm with the kids and I, I know I get exhausted for a few hours here and there. I can't imagine knowing, all right, this weekend or every weekend, uh, is me, me all the time. It's, it's the dad show that that's, uh, just hearing you talk about it. I, I can tell it's, it's an incredible endeavor and, uh, kudos to you. Cause I, I, I mean, like I said, no one at work would ever have any clue that you, uh, you work as hard as you do to be the kind of dad that you are with your kids, considering you work as hard as you do at work. Yeah. Let me, let me just add to that real quickly that it, it both, um, increased the level of admiration I have for my children's mom and for women in general. It also had the effect of making me realize that I can do this. It is hard, but I can do that. I can do it. And I think frankly, every father in the world can do it. They're just not usually put in that position. Father's are, you know, usually, um, socialized into working crazy hours, you know, maybe something that a lot of women don't think that they could do, but when those roles are reversed, you know, the majority of women find that they can work really, really hard and do really, really tough things. And the same goes for fathers when those roles are reversed and it's a necessity, um, fathers can adjust and they will be happy. So if there are any, you know, newly, single fathers listening to this just know that like you you will get it and it won't be easy but you can totally do it i think there's benefit to creating that artificially as well so even if you're not in that position to to kind of create that to to kind of take that work on yourself as a dad i've been 
I've been trying to do that more recently. I, I'm definitely not great at it, but I find that when I when I try and take on more and do things that I'd normally kind of sit back and and let um, my wife take care of, um, as I've as I've stepped in and done those things, it's kind of like what you're saying. It's an empowering feeling. You can do this, um, and I feel like it helps your relationship with your kids. You have experiences you wouldn't have before. It's just really an enriching thing. So I'm a big proponent of, even if it's not there as a necessity to, to step out and try and create that. Yeah, I agree with that. So Tom, let me ask you, I've, I've noted in just following you and talking to you in the workplace and following you in social media and being your friend for a few years, that you are very proactive. You take your kids traveling, you, uh, you take them outdoors quite a bit, you limit screen time. Have you always had this mantra as a father? Has it adapted at all the last couple of years with the family d- dynamic change? Uh, talk to me about those dynamics, your, your you know, personal ammo and philosophy in, in parenting with that and how that's evolved. Yeah, um, I have pretty strong opinions here. Um, some have existed prior to my divorce, one of which is um, I, I'm extremely limit screen time. I've never been a fan of, you know, um, kids having I iPads or smartphones or, or watching TV. Um, I just think that from a developmental standpoint, we'll someday realize that like that was, it was just such a mistake. Um, that has only, frankly, my, my position on that has only become more extreme as I become a single dad, because my time is so limited with my kids. You know, there's absolutely no way that I'm going to spend it, you know, looking at a screen, you know, I, I, there's such an urgency to make whatever time we have together, just as high quality as possible, which kind of led to, um, frankly, an increase since my divorce in my time outdoors. I grew up in a family that's very much into sports and camping, skiing, all that stuff. But in a lot of ways, I put that stuff on hold for the early part of my career. Um, and I, I think that was a mistake, but a lot of us do it just because our early careers sort of demand a lot. But, you know, being divorced sort of uh, forced me to say, you know, how am I going to choose to spend my time with my kids? And I got some really good advice early on that, you know, you choose high quality activities, things like rock climbing and skiing. But you get, you, get, you know, opportunities to, to, to trust each other and to teach your kids risk, you know, how to manage risk in healthy, healthy amounts and, and, and in places where it's just you and them and that's all you have to worry about, Um the ski lift is a very captive audience type of setting where, you know, you just, um, just, just you, you and your daughter or you and your, you and your children. And, um, yeah, we've, we've had some amazing moments together. I'm also, um, a huge fan of road trips without, you know, without movies, because I feel like, um, it allows us to just kind of, you know, again, it's sort of like this, it's like the ski lift times 10 where you're just, you know, there's nothing you're either going to look out the window at the mountains or the desert or, you know, some, some interesting looking neighborhood or we're going to talk. And, um, I really feel like my kids have had a lot of good moments on our road trips where they, you know, they're alone with their thoughts, you know, and those are the things I don't feel like kids get when they're staring at, staring at screens, you know, that, that moment to learn how to be comfortable with their own thoughts and to think their own thoughts so, so yeah, and um, maybe one more sort of uh, justification for sort of our high activity um, approach is that 
it's almost like you ever had one of your kids wake up before the other and you realize how oh, hard yeah. it is to entertain a kid. Oh, um, yeah. they, they, they entertain each other. They, they are so good at it. They have patience. You don't. And you know, they want to play at a level that maybe you're not, you're not wanting to in the moment. Um, and being outdoors is, is kind of like that. It kind of makes it a little bit easier on, you know, me, if I'm not, uh, you know, used to playing with, with children for hours at a time, but we can ski for hours at a time together. Cause it's almost like the mountain is the third child I never had. It is entertaining them <laughs> and I can watch them and they are happy and they are growing and, and becoming stronger. And I, and I don't have to feel bad about that. Um, maybe the last thing is that those kinds of activities wear them out. And so I never have a problem with bedtime. Kids come home, to get in that bed, man, they don't want to leave. So I like that. I I'll be honest. Um, I'm just getting anxiety about filling that much time, and it's one of those things where we talked about earlier. You feel like you can't do it, and then you're empowered because I don't give my kids a ton of screen time, but uh, there's definitely times where I'm like totally spent, and they haven't watched TV that day. I'm like, all right, you guys get to watch a show, but um, you're giving me the impression, talking to you before, gives me the impression, Tom, that. Kids will naturally fill the gaps, and it's not going to go out into full apocalypse mode if the witching hour comes and you don't know how to fill the time and you don't give them a screen. Yeah, I mean, and it's not to say we don't have screen time. Um, there have been moments where I've recognized, like, you know what, for whatever reason, Dad doesn't have a ton of patience today, and it would be best <laughs> for all involved for just um, – you know, for, for a little bit of, you know, a toy story to get put on. Uh, one funny thing is, is that I actually ended up, um, renting a home in which the only available media was this huge glass, you know, what do you call it? Like a, like a, the old TVs and it had a VHS and I had this, you know, I inherited this huge collection of Disney movies, <laughs> but they were all like free 2000, right? Cause they're VHS. And, um, it, it, it's helped me feel a little bit about bit, a little bit better about screen time when they're watching like the Disney movies from the eighties and nineties, they are such slower pace. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be blown away when they see 4k for the first time, but I think your point is still valid. <laughs> Andrew, I have a couple more, I have questions I could pepper time with in the last couple minutes here, but I'll pause to see if you have any thoughts or questions. Yeah, Tom, I was just going to ask. So for some who, who don't regularly go out and do, um, skiing or rock climbing um it may seem daunting taking kids doing these things so do you have any recommendations if you're taking kids for the first time or easing into this what do you recommend are there any tips that you've learned or advice that you have for people doing these things for the first time the hardest one that i've sort of tackled has been skiing and that's because <laughs> i just remember feeling like a circus coming down the mountains because i had uh, a baby on my back and I had this four-year-old between my legs. Right. And, um, and people were just like, Oh, that is so cute. That is so cute. I'm like, you have no idea how much my back hurts right now. I'm so tired. Um, the boy on the back is, is crying. And my little girl is also crying. And, um, I think, I think, you know, sort of the, the strategies that worked in skiing will probably work anywhere else. And, one of the early pieces of advice I got was, um, even if you're frugal, you know, certain things you just kind of need to, um, spring for. And for example, when, whenever my kids showed any sign of not wanting to ski, 
we went into the lodge. We got warm. I bought $5 hot cocoa, $3 crispy treats, and you know, $5 churros. And it's just like, that's those are prices I would never pay. But like, I wanted to associate good moments with, um, you know, good feelings with those moments and never push them. I shouldn't say never push them, never push them too much because kids were made, you know, they're, they're super flexible. Um, but it's kind of funny because, you know, after the first maybe four or five times, we, you really get in a rhythm. Um, if you do it often, it can't be so far between these kinds of things that like the kids don't have a chance to get used to it. So we literally do something every weekend they're with me. Like, it's not like, you know, once every two months, like anytime they're with me during the ski season, we will ski and they just kind of know just the consistency, um, consistency and not forcing it. Um, kids are super adaptable. And, um, as long as you're doing it with love, I, you know, they'll, they'll come around pretty quickly. So Tom, I wanted to ask you when you with your kids, 40% of the time, do you, take advantage of groups like play groups or do you do like parent exchange with neighbors or friends where you say, I'll watch your kids on Friday for three hours. You watch my kids on Saturday for three hours. Do you have any other tricks and things? I'm, I'm thinking about single parents or parents who are co-parenting or in similar situation. If you have any tips or tricks, tricks like that to, to enable you to find some extra time, if you do need to do something on a, on a Saturday that requires you to not have kids or, or if you just want to have some extra time to yourself or need extra time for some other reason, if you have any other ways to, to, you know, to feel that, uh, in creative ways. Yeah. Um, I'll admit that I just have not figured this out yet. Um, I live in the downtown area, um, with my kiddos. And so, um, the networks of which I'm a part, including the religious, uh, network, um, I go to a Mormon congregation, um, is a bit different than your traditional religious groups that may have a lot of children and there's more opportunities. Um, I don't have a lot of people that I know that are, you know, in the same boat that can do exchanges or are really willing to babysit. There aren't like young women in my ward or my network that can like come over and babysit. So I haven't really figured this out. Um, I basically have, uh, you know, just said like when kids are with me, I don't go on dates. Okay. Fair enough. How about you mentioned a little bit talking about dating life. Uh, you know, the media always portrays when they portray a single mom who's dating in a TV show or a movie, they portray it as some sort of inherent turnoff to pers- to prospective partners or dates that, that a woman ha- has kids. What has your experience been in the dating scene, talking to prospective uh, women that you date or, or interact with when they find out you have kids? Has it, has the reception been universal? Have you discovered unique dynamics there? I'm just curious. Uh, oh man, we could, um, we could spend a whole other half hour on this topic, but let me see if I can summarize. <laughs> um, it has been, I mean, just on its own, my dating post-divorce has been a really, really positive experience. Um, it's been confusing and difficult at times, but on the whole, I've, I've just met some amazing people. Um, the part with children, um, has been interesting. Um, I, you know, when I first got on some of these dating apps, you know, Bumble and, and, Tinder after I was finally convinced that it wasn't just for hooking up. Um, you, 
uh, at first I didn't say anything about my kids. I thought maybe that's not appropriate. You know, like I don't want to, I'm not going to have pictures of my kids. I don't want to describe my kids. We'll meet. And if there's something there, then we kind of go there. And, um, and when I found that, that, you know, being upfront was just a, a, a much better approach, at least for me. Um, because it acted like a bit of a filter, right? Girls, uh, or women who weren't, um, willing to consider that probably aren't in the, you know, the right frame of mind to, you know, to date someone like me in the, the stage that I am. So I'm actually pretty grateful that I quickly added those kind of details and, uh, you know, the match rate, if that means anything to you guys went way down, but it was a, but it was a good thing in the end because I'm not, wasting my precious time on, on people who aren't, um, you know, willing to jump into that, that, that kind of life. And I, I totally get that they wouldn't. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't, I don't have time to convince someone to go there. Um, overall, I find that, um, women are incredibly open to being, to, to, to coming into a family, to inheriting a family. Um, I don't know what that means, but I've, you know, I've been pleasantly surprised by, um, the majority of women just saying, I think that's totally cool. And I would love to be a part of that. Um, and nobody has been really pushy. They've been really respectful of my need to kind of keep those things separate. I've elected to be very careful about that and, and not introduce my children to the people I date until it's more serious. And, and all the women have been incredibly understanding and respectful of that. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of been my experience. Awesome. Do you want us to give out your Tinder handle while we're on this call? I don't know how Tinder works, but if we want to give you a shout out, <laughs> up your match um, rate. Yeah, my match rate. I, I don't think that's how, <laughs> how it works. I don't think anyone can actually, you know, look me up. Um, so, so darn. There's a, there's a lot of single women that listen to this unlaunched podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, right, you guys, you guys do work your magic. <laughs> um, last question, Tom, because I uh, want to be sensitive to your time. I, I wanted to know, you know, let's say that someone did listen to this, who is thinking about getting divorced, was on the verge of getting divorced or is, you know, heaven forbid a widow or widower or for whatever reason is facing the prospect of being either a a full-time single parent or part-time while they're working and trying to manage other aspects of their life. If you could give them one big tip or one big aha, uh, principle or a concept that, that you've learned in the two years you've been managing this one thing, what would it be? It, it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a principle or a lesson. It would be an it would be an observation from my end, I think, and that is, um, I have uh, been able to meet and spend time with some amazing single mothers who I have seen to be incredibly kind to their ex spouses, incredibly patient, put their children first, go to counseling take me time and just emerge as incredibly uh, and often work full-time jobs or part-time jobs. And I guess what I take from that is this, this is totally doable. This is totally doable. I have had a few experiences with people that I can tell are kind of being run down by the situation and, and, and who knows exactly why that is. 
Um, but I see many, many more that just seem to have, seem to be getting through this in a very healthy and happy way. And so that would be my one thing that I would say is that at least from my experience, it's, it's totally doable and you can be happy. So go, go figure out how you do that, but it's, it's doable and people do it every day. Don't get overwhelmed. Awesome. Uh, Tom, thanks for chatting with us for a few minutes, uh, tonight. And I think you gave us a lot to think about and, uh, great stuff. So thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, it was, it was a pleasure. Thanks, guys.